Welcome to the Live Revolutionary Podcast, and I am your host, Vanessa Cruz. Listen, before we dig into today's topic, if you're experiencing something or someone continually popping up in your mind or finding it hard to stop thinking about that thing, is it more than just a passing thought? Does it accompany a strong urge or desire? Make sure to check out episode 13 on fighting temptation so you can break free and move on with your purpose and calling. So listen, I've been receiving a ton of questions on relationships, but they've been very particular. Now, usually the typical question is in reference to why their partner is acting some kind of way, but I've been receiving questions with people concerned about their own behavior. And I am here for this. I've had my own fair share of realizing, dang, I think I might be the problem. Well, I'm working on something special for all of you who want to hear that story, but it's in the works. So stay tuned. You can stay connected by following me on Instagram where I'm most active at Vanessa Cruz. And of course, heading over to my website, vanessacruz.com and signing up for my newsletter. So if you're still listening, this means you are serious about cracking this relationship dynamic code. And I want to start by laying the foundation, but you're going to have to listen intently. This might be a podcast you have to listen to a couple of times. Listen, this isn't rocket science, but it is human science and science isn't evil. Science is rooted in discovery. And when discovery uncovers truth, absolute truth is of God alone. So listen, one day, this curious guy by the name of John Bowlby, who was an English psychiatrist, made a groundbreaking discovery that humans are programmed for intimacy. Now he calls this an evolutionary design, but we all know that it was intellectual design, meaning We are hardwired by God's own hand for intimacy. Now, part of his research uncovered what we have termed an attachment system. Our attachment system is programmed with emotions and behaviors that ensure we stay safe and protected. This is by God's own hand. Here are a few examples of your attachment system at work, just so you can get an idea. Have you ever... Uh, seen, you know, a child, I'm talking about like infant, developmental stage of infant, okay? Cannot verbalize words, you know, just emotion. If a stranger is holding that child and the mom leaves to the other room, what instinctually happens? That child begins to crane its neck, perhaps starts crying out. Why? Because it senses that its secure base, their mother, is not in close proximity, okay? Who taught that baby that? That is that hardwired need for intimacy that we are calling the attachment system. Have you ever thought about somebody that you missed, you haven't seen them in a long time, and you get that pit or like sinking feeling in your stomach? That is your attachment system at work. It is by way of the attachment system that what we call soul ties are created. It is by way of the attachment system that you keep dating the same person over and over again. Hello, somebody. So as you see, we better get an understanding of what this, of what this attachment system thing is because a whole lot depends on it. So although we all have a programmed uh, basic need to form close bonds, the way we behave and interact in those attachments vary. I'm going to repeat that. Although we all have a programmed basic need to form close bonds, the way we behave and interact in those attachments vary. What causes them to vary? Well, according to decades of research, your attachment style can vary according to the way in which you recall your early relationships with your caregiver. If you had it like me, 
then you might be thinking, man, I am in trouble because my family dynamic was literally busted, disgusted, and couldn't be trusted. Well, there's always hope in Jesus, and we'll get to that at the end. So according to his research, depending on your parents' style of parenting, it not only influences the way you attach in relationships as an adult, but can influence your future parental behavior. Now, guys, with these types of implications, we have to make sure we identify what our style is because the future generations depend on it. So listen carefully, because you are about to get an idea what your attachment style is. According to Bowlby, an attachment style is a set of basic assumptions or core beliefs that depend on the following four questions. And I want you to think about these questions as I'm saying them. Are you ready? Number one, am I worthy of being loved? Think about that. What's the first thing that resonates with you or pops up? Number two, am I able to get the love I need? Is that something that you believe even exists, that the love that you need is something that could possibly be manifested in your life? Number three, are others reliable and trustworthy? Mm. Number four, are others accessible and willing to respond to me when I need them to be? So based on your responses, your sense of self is either positive or negative, and your view of others is also either positive or negative. And that informs how you interact and attach in relationships. Now, depending on your answers, they can fall into four categories. And I want to spend the rest of our time going over them. And then I'm going to make a recommendation for a resource that will change your life and help you further understand your attachment style. So I wish I could break these down further, but... I'll only be skimming the surface of these styles to give you a better idea and hopefully like an aha moment of what you might be experiencing. All right, so here we go. We're going to break down the four categories depending on your questions. And the first one is the ambivalent attachment. Now, those with an ambivalent attachment styles, pay attention now because some revelation is about to drop. Those with an ambivalent attachment style do not believe they are worthy of the love and the support of others unless they perform adequately to deserve that love. So these kinds of attachers have come to feel this way because from early on in their lives, they might have struggled with determining whether or not their parents love them or might leave them. So a fear of abandonment not only becomes a subconscious belief system, but becomes the base for most relationships. Fear and anxiety drive the person to constantly check for security rather than resting in security. And unfortunately, this anxious attachment style makes it difficult to set and keep boundaries because of the fear that keeping a boundary might make the other person leave. Hmm. Where are the ambivalent attachers at? Number two, avoidant attachment. So unlike ambivalent attachers, avoidant attachers tend to be emotionally distant from their partners. Avoidant attachers take pride in their independence and can see attachment as weakness. They like to process emotions on their own and don't like to share vulnerabilities with anyone else. So unfortunately, they tend to pull away when they need help the most. They also can shut down emotionally during arguments or close themselves off from feelings. So those with avoidant attachment style don't like to disclose their private thoughts and experiences. Why? Because when they were growing up feeling abandoned or rejected, you learned to hide those feelings. So adults with avoidant attachment most likely had parents who had the tendency to be emotionally unavailable or unresponsive to them 
a good deal of time. So consequently, since avoidant persons haven't had the foundation of someone being qualified to be vulnerable with them, somebody safe that they can go to with their feelings, they've learned to rely on themselves to provide comfort despite their own longings for intimacy. All right. That was the avoidant attachment style. All right. Number three, disorganized attachment. Disorganized attachers hold a negative view of others and themselves. So one of our parents' fundamental roles is providing a safe haven for us when we are distressed. It provides a a felt sense of security. And that felt sense becomes a template for understanding how close relationships in the future should work and feel. But what happens when your parents are the source and the solution to your fear and anxiety? Disorganized attachers are those who have experienced psychological, physical, or sexual abuse. The result is behavior that includes a mixed bag of attachment problems. Dr. Tim Clinton refers to these attachers as having a shattered self. Their signs include constant tension between being a control freak and being a doormat on the other side. So both extremes create problems. They feel a mixture of anger and anxiety, angry that others walk over them and fearful that their anger might push loved ones away. And then number four, the secure attachment style, the one that we all want to achieve. The first requirement for secure attachment style is that we view ourselves as worthy of love and capable of obtaining love. Secure people don't feel that pressure to perform the way other attachment styles do to earn their self-worth. That pressure is literally off. Doesn't that sound nice? This internal sense of security frees them from all hidden and internal agendas. They're not worried that they'll be harmed or emotionally bruised if others disapprove. They are not threatened at their core by the fear that others will find fault with their opinions. If others find fault, they don't take it personally. They are comfortable sharing their emotions instead of brushing their emotions under the rug or expressing them through passive aggressive means. Secure people are confident in who they are. Like I said, it sounds nice, right? And when you meet these kind of secure people, you just know. So the question is, right, can you shift into a secure style? The answer is a resounding yes. I say that with confidence because I was a disorganized attacher, raised in a domestically violent home, physically abused, almost unto death and sexually molested until I was 16. Y'all, this is why I do what I do. I'm familiar with physical pain so much that I've allowed myself to be in a physically abusive relationship in my early 20s. And because of observing and experiencing emotional manipulation at a young age, I couldn't see or notice when I was falling into the same trap when I got older. You can repeat the same cycle of dysfunction you observed and experienced growing up simply because that is what's most familiar. This is why the pattern must be completely broken and your thinking completely transformed. And the only way it can be broken is with insight from the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can be transformed is by the renewing of your mind by the word of God, Romans 12 two. So I want you to see this not just as spiritual warfare, but biological warfare. How? Because your childhood experiences literally program you on a neurocellular level. 
your brain is literally wired by these experiences. So see, when I see a client for the first time, I'm keenly aware that they are most likely the key to breaking future generational patterns that have been present in their ancestry for decades. Unhealthy attachment to people are not just individual tendencies, but generational strategic warfare to keep people in a cycle of dysfunction. Okay. This is straight up warfare. How? Because it can interfere with you not only forming an initial relationship with God, as well as being able to maintain a healthy relationship with him. It can affect your ability to view him through an unbiased lens that's filtered with pain and distrust. God might seem like a distant and uncaring God if you are an avoidant attacher, or if you feel he's an unpredictable God if you are an ambivalent attacher. And if you're a disorganized attacher, you might live believing God is always mad or ready to punish you. Are you seeing where I'm getting at? These inaccurate thoughts about God keep you from your purpose and calling that changes the world for Christ. This is the bigger picture going on in the background. So how do we make the shift? By understanding and believing and approaching God as our father. See, most of us know God as Lord, master, almighty, but few of us have actually allowed him into our heart as father, simply because we don't know how. That was what I had to go through and it took many years for me to get to that place. I will take the time to cover this in its entirety in part two. But until then, start praying specifically for this revelation. You know, this podcast is all about living revolutionary. And the only way we can do that is by breaking free from a lot of these irrational, unhealthy, and unbiblical thought patterns that a lot of the times we've got ourselves stuck into or due to childhood experiences we've endured and have been programmed with, right? And so this podcast is all about helping you get set free from that so you can live these revolutionary lives that God has called you to. And then as of the resource that I promised you, well, Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sibsey wrote a book that is absolutely groundbreaking in research and is revolutionary. The book is called Attachments, Why You Love, Feel, and Act the Way You Do. And so all those attachment styles that I talked about are in this book and they break it down excellently. And it is from a Christian perspective because there's some other books out there on attachments that are written from an evolutionary perspective. But I'm going to tell you right now, you want to get the Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sibsey book on attachments. Well, that's all for now. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, click donate at vanessacruz.com. Your donation helps develop content that sets captives free. And remember to think, feel, and live revolutionary.